0: A special thanks to Catapult Sports, who provided us a coach's lounge to sit down and talk ball with coaches who were at the convention. And we caught up with Cody Alexander, who's become a regular guest on Coaching Coordinator. And we talked about the 2022 season, going back to some of the trends that we saw before. We recapped some of those, as well as taking a look at what is expected in 2023. So here's our episode with cody alexander of match quarters we're at the afca and sitting down with cody alexander match quarters we had him on the podcast the last time right before the season and we talked defensive trends so now we have a chance to sit down in person we've never done the podcast in person That's though right, we've, we've yeah. met before but uh sit down in person and talk about how those all played out and uh, what the season brought us maybe some new trends that you see in the game so uh, and we'll start with just the high school level and looking at you know some of the things you saw at the high school level this season what how much of it stayed true to what we were predicting versus uh, maybe some new things that I have developed Yeah, I think uh, the biggest trends have been, I think we're still
1: seeing a movement to the 3-3-5 with a lot of high school teams, which makes sense. It's it's an obvious trend where we have a lot of tweeners at the high school level and that's kind of a tweener defense uh, and, and so the answer to that has always been get bigger right that's what we saw that play out against tcu and right in the playoff that's what michigan tried to do as well and i think that you're you're seeing more coaches go back to maybe wing t concepts yeah. gap you know kind of more of that power football concepts relearning things from you know a bygone era, even though it hasn't been that long, (laughs) you know? But it's, it's funny how cyclical football is, especially at the lower levels of, you know, especially at the high school level. It's, it's what was hot last year. It's what we're going to see. Um, I just think you're going to see a lot more pin and pole. We saw a lot more pin and pole this, right. this year. A lot of people studied the, the butt concepts, more wing T concepts. How can we get bigger personnel usages? Um, and I, I feel like at the high school level, that, that meshes well with the, the evolution of more high School defense is running more of these hybrid schemes, especially like the, the
0: odd stack. Yeah, so so obviously with the odd stack, you're taking advantage of athleticism. You're getting more of those hybrid type players on the field. But as we said, the the, the trend offensively is bigger guys, right? We're going to see we are seeing more 12, yep, 21, 22, whatever it might be. So the thought is, then, how do you take uh, essentially what you know, as a spread-type defense, and use it to defend the bigger personnel. Uh, what what kinds of things do you think will come to the forefront, and now in how the three-three may evolve to deal with bigger guys in the game?
1: Yeah, I think what you're seeing, especially at, at some of these higher levels, is. in Iowa State started doing this a couple of years ago. They put they put a really big SAM right. to the field, uh, and they put a big linebacker out there, and and that doesn't. That's kind of counterintuitive to what you would think, right? You don't want a big person out in space. But what it ends up doing is, is okay, well, we're not getting a tight end on a DB anymore. Now it's a tight end. going to have to go block this linebacker. Or now this little slot receiver, when they want to run a horizontal screen, is now going to have to go block a 225, 230-pound linebacker. And the way that that system and a lot of these systems are done is that same linebacker is always attached to the box. He's a C-Gap force player. So you're not, even if you go trips, he's not necessarily walking out over number two like you normally would in in these split field concepts. So I think defensively what you're seeing is you're finding these teams say, what if we flipped the nickel and the boundary safety, and we now have a big nickel or a big linebacker out there, and now that nickel is now playing more, what I call slice or inverted sky concepts to the boundary, where now he's coming down to being the force player to the by one, or we can use him to double him because he's, he's really a coverage guy first anyway. And so seeing that trend, I think, especially at the college level, you're probably gonna start seeing that more at the high school level. It's people feeling a little bit more comfortable well, he's not really leaving the box.
0: So we can kind of put a bigger guy there. Right. Right. Yeah, that that takes me back to thinking back to coaching high school ball and actually, yeah. you know I coached defense then. So <laughs> I do know some but we we had you know in our defense that Sam linebacker and our guys who played Sam linebacker were the tight ends right, right. I mean it just fit really well and it was that concept of course as, as things went to spread it was thinking more about nickel personnel and that guy changed right so right. it's still about personnel, right? It's still about how you're going to use the people that you have, and you know, uh, finding those guys. And, and those, you know, the tight ends today, uh, they're not like the tight ends pre-spread era where those guys were just tackles yeah. with with an eight, yes. eight or a nine in front of the other digit, right? I mean, there, these are some athletic guys, some hybrid type guys as well, just bigger bodies. Yeah, and I think I think one of the biggest things that you're seeing is is
1: a less emphasis on pressures. Uh, you're seeing uh, pressure rates drop uh, especially in some of these you go look at a lot of the schools that are that were in the that were in the playoffs right their they're, they're pressure our percentage are going are going down and and I think the big reason for that is there's an emphasis on coverage and using using coverage rotations instead of necessarily we're gonna blitz you know these guys and we're gonna solve our problems through blitzing right but now we're exposing ourselves I think look uh, it's going to happen this offseason, it happens every off season. coaches complain about 7-on-7 seven seven and things like that, and you know, is it real football, but it, one of the things that 7-on-7 seven seven has done is that it has actually made the passing game so much better, even yes. at the lower levels. quarterbacks and coordinators are now a lot of times on the same page of where there's an opening here there's a scene here when I get a blitz here I want to throw into it now I kind of understanding where these where these things are so how do you combat that I think we're seeing a lot more especially at the higher levels a lot more uh, either I'm going to show you something static and we're going to change post-snap or we're going to you know Try and I call it passive pressure. We're going to change the look post snap to pressure the quarterback in real time rather than blitzing and giving you a tell and you kind of have an, a hot route or something like that. I think we're seeing a lot more emphasis on that.
0: Right, right. Uh, you know, looking at the college level then, and uh, obviously what, what happens at one level definitely then makes it right. to another level. Uh, some of the trends you saw this year at the college level, and some of them I know are going to be similar to what we just talked about. Yeah, much more uptick on five-man pressures. I think you saw that
1: with, and a lot of people went back and started looking at Georgia and was like, well, why are they having so much success outside of just having that defensive line? Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, well, what schematically are you doing? And I always say this to people that discount Georgia and some of these other schools, like, oh, well, they have talent, but. What you have going on at at, at Georgia, for instance, is is the epitome of having elite talent and elite coaching and elite teaching. And so you kind of have the the scheme, the teaching of the scheme, and then the players to do it. And I think that five-man pressure, what you're doing now is you're creating one-on-ones. And if everything is about pass rush, which is becoming more and more emphasis on that, is how can I get one on one, And then changing that look post-nap. What are the pressures that we're using? A lot more internal pressures to collapse the pocket. That's what I'm seeing a lot more. Um, and not necessarily, uh, Fire Zone 3. It's a lot of match concepts within that half-field zone concept. Uh, I know the saving system, they call them Big 12s. Uh, these half-field zone where we're playing man to the blitz side, or playing zone away, um, even within your fire zone principles, having some sort of a, a zone it and a match it side or doing zone it or match it off of the actual formation, being a lot more in tune with what's going on offensively yeah. on the defensive side, I think is, that's where defense is starting to catch
0: up. Yeah, well, and you bring up the internal pressure. And I really saw this a lot at the college and the NFL Level this year, that uh, those internal pressures are are pretty important. Um, NFL, you see it a ton. Their their protection help. Right? and being able to handle, you know, a Miles Garrett off the edge or something like that, Right, they're, that they're, they're dedicating that help, making sure that they're not getting it from the edge. But I, I see in quarterback play so much more guys just getting good and stepping up into the pocket and having their space to throw there. So if you could get some good internal pressure uh, along with, you know, that you're dedicating guys to protect the edge, but now there's there's stuff inside. It gives you some chance for success and um, those guys just like to step right up into it and still maintain their status as a passer, right? Not get their eyes down and, and panic and run. Uh, they're still throwing the ball down the field, so it's important. And, and I do think that by doing that as well, you are actually getting
1: into more of, especially on early downs, you're using a pressure structure that's really good against the run, and then if you, if you can get that internal pressure, now you're in the face of the quarterback, and you really don't have anywhere to go because no. you've got a two-layer system on the edge where you've got these these cop contain pressures, and then your interior tackles, they're kind of just waiting around, finding a hole, either making the defensive incorrect or kind of working back inside and making these layered pressures. And I think that's what you're seeing more and more is like the layering of fit structures, putting that into the coverage system. And these five man pressures are not your typical fire zone with the with the fire zone, with you know, two off the edge, right? With fire zone three behind. It's, it's much more curated to what you're seeing. And, and, and that to me is the biggest trend that I've seen.
0: Yeah. The. Um you know, just looking at that aspect of it, too, some of the things make you, you see a little bit. so much help outside as guys taking, you know, especially in some packages, if they have more than one really good edge guy, you know, third down, getting that guy in inside now to to give them a chance you know the the helps go into the edges now this guy's singled up like you said one-on-one on on, on the interior that's you see i've seen it i
1: started talking about this a couple years ago i call it boss front and bigs on the same side uh it's also known as like a load front or an overload where you're getting all of your anchor points on one side uh and you've got Your speed edge, your jack linebacker, you know, whatever on the other side, but you're putting your your interior guys all on one side and with the defensive end. All on one side of the center, and then just using that to create one on ones or to create slide protection or slide lock or combo, however, and then mugging linebackers and using that to get that. And then on the other part of that, you're seeing a lot more wit, forcing guards to play like tackles. I'm seeing that a lot more at the NFL level as well. I mean, that's been around for a while, but you're seeing more and more teams kind of show up in the same presentation because it does work. And there's a reason why a lot of teams yeah. are trying
0: to do that. Looking them purely at the NFL level, some of the things that you've you've seen here as uh, the season finishes up and we head into the playoffs. Yeah, a lot more coverage rotation post snap, and, and,
1: and that's what you we know, talked we, about earlier. Yes, yeah, and, and that's the thing. Yeah, you get the two high, and now you kind of have an understanding of moving. But now you're getting these teams that are starting to really dig into self-scouting, being like, okay, well, we, we've been in weeks one through four. We've really shown this pressure out of a single high. Now we're turning that same pressure structure into a, into a trap two, seeing a lot more of these single highs snapping into these these trap two coverages, whether it's on fire zone or it's, it's a simulated pressure, um, which I think that's a big thing. That was a big trend that I saw being started being talked about a lot a couple years ago and now you're starting to really see it a lot of people have kind of jumped on that train of what we're finding out and it goes with that kind of banjo principle that you see right. is kind of taking it over whereas i'm you know i love the fact like i love a static presentation like because it no matter what every time you put on film every time you look out it's the exact same i have no idea there's no tells and then all hell breaks loose after the snap right and and but You've got to be able to play that cat and mouse game. So beyond that, how can I set things up where We've only run this pressure from this look, and it's always been a cover one pressure. And then all of a sudden, we snap into uh, trap two. I thought Utah did a great job of this. This was in this is at the college level, but I thought Utah did a great job. They're such single high dominant, but then they would sprinkle in trap these trap two pressures from a single high look, and then they'd sling out where you know safety's taking the big half, and then you have got an inverted two concept of, away from it. Um, they did a great job of that. George has always kind of been able to do do things like that. I thought. Illinois, if you, yeah. Illinois big thing is they look, man. We're running cover one, five man fronts, but then they would kind of a lot of like what Utah did is that they would do that, um, and I think it's it's grown in the NFL. I've talked to a couple of people that cover the NFL, and they're they're like, they're seeing more and more of these show middle of the field clothes, and then move to some sort of a cover too, whether it's the nickel taking the big half and, and slingshotting, or it's, it's the safety rolling, I call it two roll, right. uh, but it's these, these, these concepts where you're, you're showing these, and then you're, you're either simulating pressure or five-man pressures, and, you, and a lot of these five-man pressures too, and I've been noticing this too, is hugging the back is it, it's technically not a five-man pressure, but whoever your three-dropper is, that's what I call it, your, whoever's your three-dropper or whoever's in charge of the back, they're just gonna blitz the back. Right. And it's a numbers game, right? If I can keep the back in, then that means there's only yes. four receivers out right. there. And so even if I am in a fire zone, uh, now I've, I still have the numbers. And if I don't, if I, if in a
0: regular drop seven, then I'm, I'm cooking with gas right Yeah. Now. Yeah. I think, I think that's been a big, they, for sure, it, obviously backset matters with that and we went through that period where it seems like just about everybody went to pistol yeah. to avoid that. I know that's how I made the transition to pistols because we were, the, you know, they were, they were blitzing the back set. So uh, do you think that's something you're going to see more pistol? moving forward? I you know, I actually
1: don't and, and the reason why I don't think so is and now pistol guys will argue with you with this, but I, I really think if you go and you talk to a lot of these coaches, one of the hesitation to going to pistol is, is protection. Uh, you, you lose that protection um, it, you also, it's much harder with a lot of these quick motions that you're seeing now, with like jet motions and things. How do you give the, how, you know, it's a, the timing of the back yeah. deep is now the lead blocker on some of this stuff. How does that work? I think you might see, and we've gone through this, you know, football so cyclical. We've gone through yeah. the deal, the clap the hands, back goes up you know, real quick, and then the ball snap. you know, having the back, stay in pistol, go to left, go to right, depending on where the play yeah, calls, just the move protection them, is, them, instantly. Yep. But when you do that, you can't have two guys motion at the same time, so it becomes more difficult to do a lot of these horizontal motions that a lot of these teams are trying to do. I mean, that's what we're starting to see is these quick motions, especially because, speaking up trends, we're seeing a move back to the nickel going with the passing stream. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think we've talked about this maybe several years ago of, of the evolution of the nickel position of One time it's, you know, we go through these phases where it's the passing strength and then it's, I always want them to the field. And then it's like, man, we really need to go back to the passing strength. And then it's, you know, in that that bouncing back and forth, and now we're seeing more to the passing strength. You know, I've even done the same, uh, my last stop at the high school level, that we went to the passing strength. Uh, And that's something, you know, if if you've followed me at all, I've always talked about set the nickel to the field, protect the nickel. You know, there's evolutions to the game, so how do you combat that? Quick motion. Now I want him to. I want him to move. I want that nickel to move because if
0: he's moving, he's. It's harder for him to fit in the box. Yeah, definitely. I think you know, for me, pistol. Thinking back to the, how we used it, we were we were 12-21 a lot with that. Um, some 11. We wanted the downhill runs. It was more pro style. Definitely more like Michigan is yeah. doing, right? Yeah. And They'll put the fullback in there right next to the quarterback. I mean, I like. What it does from that standpoint, rather than being in the eye, and I think there's things you can do. Um, you know, people say the cell isn't good, but uh, go reverse out. That's and it works. Did it? But uh, but you're, you're, I think you're right. I think that the advantages of being close to the ball for that guy, and again, not having two men in motion, uh, etc. You know, yeah. those those are things you want to m- maintain. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, and, and looking at, uh, you know, you're walking around here at AFCA, uh, always all kinds of cool stuff here. You see the the latest and greatest in all the unis, you know, the biggest uh, booths are always the helmet booths and the apparel booths. Um, but there's a lot of great stuff around here, tools for coaches, and the technology, really that seems to just be growing at a rapid pace. We saw that, right? Co- yeah. COVID kind of. Changed everything in that regard. Um, what are some of the things you know you see in, in terms of, of trends using some of the tools that are here?
1: Well, I, I do think that there's a much bigger emphasis on analytics. I think there's, uh, especially guys in my generation. You know, I'm, I'm 37. Uh, I, I'm seeing my, a lot of guys my age kind of like dipping their toe in analytics. Um, and I've talked about before just using simple efficiency. You know, just just simple efficiency data of just win rate data. Uh, did you, you know, do you limit them on, uh, you know, first and ten, did you let, three free or less? Uh, second down, did you limit them to less than half the yardage to gain? Third down, did you stop them, or fourth down, did you stop them? Uh, you being able to use some of those data, and there, you know, some of these programs that, there's some, there's some people that are coming out now that have, are analytically based and they're starting to find, hey, what if we can market this to high school coaches, maybe small college coaches, you know, that it's not necessarily built in. And, and some of these programs are, are already building it in. Like, I know Huddle has their own efficiency built into their their breakdown models. I know, And I know that um, I've talked about it's very easy to do from just downloading your, your play-by-play data and things like that. So, I, I you know, to me, I think it's creating more of a more objective look at what I'm doing and yeah. not necessarily having that at the end of the year but having it in real time throughout the
0: year. Yeah, I think the the real time is important cuz you know, we do that all off, every off season you didn't have time, and you didn't have the tools. Hindsight's 2020. Yeah. yeah,
1: and your team changes every year. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing to me is a lot of times you get into hindsight, and and your opponents are looking at the same film you are, so they're looking at the same numbers you are, especially if you're in a good district. So if you're in a competitive district and you've got smart coaches, they're looking at the same information you are. So everything is a year behind because you waited until the year. You know that's the thing. Like I like is always. You know in Texas we have bye weeks. You know we have one bye week during the, during the season. Is me or taking that time within after your after five games of looking back and be like, like, okay, yeah. what are we doing that's working? What are we doing that's not working? Why is it working? Why is it not working? And and I always look inward. You know, I always wanted it to be my fault first before I blame the right. kids. You know, sometimes you just have kids that just can't do what you need them to do. But you know, is it the way that we're teaching it? Is it the way that we're presenting? It? I feel like we're becoming smarter coaches because of the limited time that we do now have. From at every level, we're having less time, uh, and so how can I maximize that? And a lot of these a lot of these companies are trying to do that with, through analytics.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that it's understanding what to do. with it. I mean, when you think of analytics, everybody probably. You know, on the surface level, am I going for it on fourth down? Right. But yes, we see that on yes. TV all the time. Yes. See the guys with the books all the time. But yeah, it's it's what you said. It can really help you um, pinpoint. And again, using it real time, we got some problems in this particular scheme. Well, now you could dig into why and find out really quick. Is it is it something with technique that you need to teach better? Is it a technique maybe that you guys can't do, right, that you're asking right. to do too much? So. Um, you know, you know, ultimately, uh, that serves the player, right? That's what this is about. And I, I think, you know, a lot of innovative stuff here, and I do see that as, as something in the future for coaches, something you need to think about. Work into your workflow. It doesn't have to overtake your workflow yes. or build everything. You don't have to be the guy who, you know, builds builds everything on the analytics. I only do things on what the data does. Ultimately, you got your decisions uh, that you have to make, Right. Well, your feel for it. Uh, and feel for the people, Th- those are numbers. There's still people behind those numbers too, and it's gonna help you, though, coach those guys.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that it it's just, odd odd that, you know, analytics tends to be this dirty word because they think it's just, it's, you know, people that aren't connected to football telling me what I should and should do. But, I mean, go look at what we're seeing right now. Passing numbers are up, early down passing's up. Uh, people are starting to understand that that's a much more efficient play than running the ball all the time. And look, high school coaches, I get it. They're going to tell you, you've still got to run the ball at the high school level. And I agree, you still do. But there's, there's, there's better ways of doing things, better ways of teaching things. Um, and I think that that's where analytics can help you, and it can help you. Uh, you know, I tell guys all the time. One of the one of the biggest problems a lot of guys have is like with practice planning, and how do we do this? And and to me, it's it's built in. You know, hey, we're good at this. Uh, let's let's build on it instead of like always constant. And I think too, like always constantly focusing on the negative. Like if it ain't working, then like you know go move on from something else like move off of it and then especially if it's in the season and then in the in the off season take a critical eye on it and and look at it how are we teaching it how are we implementing right you know what how are people taking advantage of the scheme that we were that we were
0: yeah well it definitely you know allows you to make those decisions and move things forward uh, in a smart way right there's definitely the tools available so uh 2023 for you and match quarters What are things looking like? Tell us a little bit more about the things you're doing here in the new year. Yeah,
1: you know, I'm just, I'm I'm trying to do uh, more consulting uh, with with other people all around the country, Uh, keeping building the substack, which is where, you know, a lot of of my things are housed, Uh, building the template shop that I've got, uh, getting feedback from coaches about what kind of things that they want, material that they want, what they use, you know, last Last off season, about a year, you know, it'll be a year ago. Uh, I came out with my defensive workbook, which was things that I had, I had kind of talked to defensive coordinators, successful ones at all levels, and how what are you doing? What are things that you're doing needing? And then being able to combine that in one thing. Um, I just got done with uh, my sixth book, The Hybrid 425, it's been a project I've been working on for about a year and a half, kind of putting things, cause that's, a, speaking of trends, I, you right. know, the, going back to a four down, but not the 425 of old, like especially like the 425 that I, I came in at Baylor with, or like the, you know, what, you know, Narduzzi's been running forever, Gary Patterson 425, but like kind of a modern iteration of it, of right. being able to mix odd and even spacing, how do you do that, how do you apply? you know because I got I started noticing this a year ago was like coaches were asking me how I I really like these creepers I really like these simulated pressures that I see in these odd fronts how can I implement this in a four down without just making it a five-man dog because I already have those so how can I mix that up how can I get close the B gap in unique and different ways, and, and that's what you're seeing. I think a lot of a lot of in the college level, and then it's been around in the NFL for a sure. long time. Just because you're your interior guys, um, but that to me, that's I, I got done with that. So to me, it's just keeping on building, building that, and creating more content for coaches, and, and just growing it, and,
0: and you know, trying to trying to build the brand. And, and yeah, well, yes. the stuff you do uh, definitely helps the profession. I appreciate all that you've been doing over the years and how this continues to grow for you, how can our listeners find that stuff that you just mentioned? Yeah, so all my books are on Amazon. You can type in Cody Alexander, type in
1: Match Quarters, uh, and you'll find that. uh, All all six of my books are on Amazon. You can go to MatchQuarters.com. It's kind of like a home base for everything. I've got links to everything from there. Obviously, matchquarters.substack.com. It's a it's a t- one of the top Substacks within within the sport, with all of sports on the, on that platform. Um, anything other than uh, I'm not on Facebook. I, I plan on getting off Facebook uh, this this spring. But I'm on TikTok as Matchquarters, Instagram Matchquarters. I'm on YouTube. Uh, even started doing Reddit. Uh, And then on Twitter, I'm at the underscore coach underscore A. Uh, So anything off of that, I'm Match Quarters. And then on Twitter, I'm I'm at the coach A. So
0: just just
1: about everywhere. Just about (laughs) everywhere. I'm really trying. Uh, You know, it's funny is that football has such a broad stroke. Uh, You've got young guys that are coming out right out of high school and that they're nerding out about football and they want to be a football coach and they're going to school to do that or they're playing college ball. And then you've got... Coaches that are that are in their 20s and they're they're GA and, and then you are they're they're just starting out. And then you got guys at my age and then older. So like I'm just trying to get the content everywhere wherever it is. Whether it's TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, those
0: are kind of the big ones on Facebook. So I'm I'm, I'm gonna try and get on Facebook this spring. So it's coming. So just oh, great. Well, I appreciate you taking some time here to sit down face to face and talk. It's nice to do with you, and, and certainly we'll have you back again sometime to talk about what's trending for the next season. That's right. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you again to Catapult Sports for providing the space to talk with coaches. Check out all they're doing at catapultsports.com. Follow what we're doing at coachingcoordinator.com and follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.